This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. It's a Sunday kind of love. I'm Maya Tan. Happy New Year! I don't know about you, but the first page of any book is what inspires me to purchase it and read it in the first place. So today I thought I'd read to you from some first pages of books that I've enjoyed and also play you some music for a great new year. A Madras Miasma by Brian Stoddart He prayed she was already dead when pitched headfirst into the Buckingham Canal's putrid shallows. With head and neck shoved deep into the rancid quagmire lining the canal banks, her face was hidden. The body otherwise swayed rhythmically to the dank, oily water, washing towards the edges. She lay on her back, grotesquely angled, neck evidently broken. Still standing a few yards away, he guessed her age at around 30. The scuffed and sodden pale blue mid-heeled shoes were recognizably expensive. So was the full-length layered pale blue gown with intricate lace top. Matching pale blue stockings appeared briefly at the ankles before disappearing into the shoes. She was slim, but with curves, that much he could tell. A blue sapphire ring glinted on the third finger of the right hand that was floating on the surface. A plain, solid gold bangle encircled the left wrist. She was well out of place here, he thought, and a long way from home, wherever it was.
Taken from The Fahrenheit Twins by Michelle Faber. I wake up, blinking hard against the sky, and the first thing I remember is that my wife cannot forgive me. Never, ever. Then I remind myself I don't have a wife anymore. Instead, I'm lying at the bottom of a stairwell, 30 concrete steps below street level in a city far from my home. My home is in the past, and I must live in the present. I'm lying on a soft pile of rubbish bags and I seem to have got myself covered in muck. It's all over my shabby green raincoat and the frayed sleeves of my jumper and there's a bit on my trousers as well. I sniff it, trying to decide what it is, but I can't be sure. How strange, I didn't notice it when I was checking this place out last night. Okay, it was already dark by then and I was desperate to find somewhere to dust down after being moved on twice already but I remember crawling into the rubbish really carefully prodding the bin bags with my hands and thinking this was the softest and driest bed I was likely to find maybe the muck had seeped out later on under pressure from my sleeping body I look around for something to wipe my clothes with. There's nothing, really. If I were a cat, I'd lick the crap off with my tongue and still be a proud, even fussy creature. But I'm not a cat. I'm a human being. We'll be back with more First Pages and New Year music on A Sunday Kind of Love, PFM 89.9. These they have seen it all But I'm still getting lost Fools, I have met them all In a life I've led before 
Sunday Kind of Love, I'm Maya Tan. Today we're looking at first pages, the most important page in any book, in my opinion. And I'm going to read to you from some first pages of books that I've enjoyed. And I hope that you'll find them interesting too. I'll also be playing you some music from my New Year Jam. I hope you enjoy it. No, 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 no. 
Indigo, taken from the book of the same title by Satya Jit Wei. My name is Aniruda Bos. I am 29 years old and a bachelor. For the last eight years, I've been working in an advertising agency in Calcutta. With the salary I get, I live in reasonable comfort in a flat in Sardar Shankar Road. The flat has two south-facing rooms and is on the ground floor. Two years ago, I bought an ambassador car, which I drive myself. I do a bit of writing in my spare time. Three of my stories have been published in magazines and have been well appreciated by my acquaintances. But I know I cannot make a living by writing alone. For the last few months, I haven't been writing at all. Instead, I have read a lot about indigo plantations in Bengal and Bihar in the 19th century. I'm something of an authority on the subject now. How the British exploited the poor peasants, how the peasants rose in revolt, and how finally, with the invention of synthetic indigo in Germany, the cultivation of indigo was wiped out from our country. All this I know by heart. It is to describe the terrible experience which instilled in me this interest in indigo that I have taken up my pen today.
The Rescue Artist by Edward Dolnick Chapter 1. Break In Oslo, Norway, February 12, 1994, 6.29 a.m. In the pre-dawn gloom of a Norwegian winter morning, two men in a stolen car pulled to a halt in front of the National Gallery, Norway's preeminent art museum. They left the engine running and raced across the snow. Behind the bushes along the museum's front wall, they found the ladder they had stashed away earlier that night. Silently, they leaned the ladder against the wall. A guard inside the museum, his rounds finished, basked in the warmth of the basement security room. He had paperwork to take care of, which was a bore, but at least he was done patrolling the museum, inside and out, on a night when the temperature had fallen. 15 degrees. He had taken the job only seven weeks before. The guard took up his stack of memos grudgingly, like a student turning to his homework. In front of his desk stood a bank of 18 closed-circuit television monitors. One screen suddenly flickered with life. The black-and-white picture was shadowy. The sun would not rise for another 90 minutes, but the essentials were clear enough. A man bundled in a parka stood at the foot of a ladder, holding it steady in his gloved hands. His companion had already begun to climb. The guard struggled through his paperwork, oblivious to the television monitors. The top of the ladder rested on a sill just beneath a tall window on the second floor of the museum. Behind that window was an exhibit celebrating the work of Norway's greatest artist, Edvard Munch. 56 of Munch's paintings lined the walls. 55 of them would be unfamiliar to anyone but an art student. One was known around the world, an icon as instantly recognisable as the Mona Lisa or Van Gogh's Story Night. In poster form, it hung in countless dorm rooms and office cubicles. It featured endlessly in cartoons and on T-shirts and greeting cards. This was... The Scream. A 
Sunday Kind of Love continues right after this on BFM 89.9. Sunday Kind of Love, I'm Maya Tan. Today I'm reading to you from first pages of books that I've enjoyed and also playing you some music from my New Year jam. Hope you're having a great New Year so far. And I'm cut down by 
Strange Library by Haruki Murakami. One. The library was even more hushed than usual. My new leather shoes clacked against the grey linoleum. Their hard, dry sound was unlike my normal footsteps. Every time I get new shoes, it takes me a while to get used to their noise. A woman I'd never seen before was sitting at the circulation desk, reading a thick book. It was extraordinarily wide. She looked as if she were reading the right-hand page with her right eye, and the left-hand page with her left. Excuse me, I said. She slammed the book down on her desk and peered up at me. I came to return these, I said. Placing the books I was carrying on the counter, one was titled "How to Build a Submarine," the other "Memoirs of a Shepherd." The librarian flipped their front covers back to check the due date. They weren't overdue. I'm always on time, and I never hand things in late. That's the way my mother taught me. Shepherds are the same. If they don't stick to their schedule, the sheep go completely bananas. The librarian stamped, returned on the card with a flourish, and resumed her reading. I'm looking for some books too, I said. Turn right at the bottom of the stairs, she replied without looking up. Go straight down the corridor to room one o seven. Fine. 
Thief by Rebecca Stott. When at the age of 21, I travelled to Paris from Edinburgh by mail coach, carrying in my luggage three rare fossils and the bone of a mammoth, I still believed time travelled in straight lines. It was July 1815, only a few weeks after Napoleon had been defeated by the Allies at Waterloo. War with France was over. Restitution had begun. The borders were open again. Time stretched out like a long road in front of me towards a vocation. I was to be a man of science, assistant to the illustrious Baron Georges Cuvier, professor of comparative anatomy in the Jardin des Plantes in Paris. But fortunately for the man, or boy, who imagines he is heading in a straight line towards an illustrious future. There are highwaymen on the road, brigands in the trees. There are ambushes and skirmishes and falls to be had. If he takes a single step off the road into the undergrowth, where branchings and forkings chance along a different axis, he might begin to see the sublime contingency that is at the root of all things. He might find a different set of answers there. And so it was that, with a night ambush on a mail coach, my voyage of discovery began. I was just one of scores of medical students travelling to Paris that summer. She could have chosen any one of us, but she chose me. And that's all we have time for this week on A Sunday Kind of Love. A Sunday Kind of Love will be taking a break and we'll be back in eight weeks. Till then, this is Maya Tan signing off on A Sunday Kind of Love, BFM 89.9.
like a cloudless sky in bed. Oh yeah. Or like the sun it shines on a summer day. Like a chocolate pie on the 4th of July. Like a cuckoo breeze on the August night. I'm all you need, baby. Another mistletoe with the one you love. I'm all you need, baby. I'm all you need, Lord. Like chocolate and roses, hey. Your carries is to me, no. Like chocolate and roses. I'm a girl, I'm all you Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, the business station.